0: Hey everyone, Courtney from a Nefarious Nightmare podcast here. If any of you have been following Amanda or myself on our socials, there's a small chance that you've noticed some Easter eggs. A movement has been occurring at least since May of 2022, and even before that. If true crime fascinates you and you want to learn about deviant behavior against those deemed extra vulnerable, or delve into how it impacts the survivors and victims straight from the source, then be on the lookout and subscribe to a nefarious nightmare wherever you get your podcasts and be ready for something coming mid-june 2023 don't forget to be vigilant for when you mess with
1: the bees you get the hive
0: we are we
1: are we are cultivate 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 we are cultivate Hello, and welcome to Yiel Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stengel. Hello. Hi. Yep. Normally, we don't record two days in a row. Mm-mm. We are. We are. And we're back to our morning schedule, which we haven't done in a long time.
0: No. I think since last summer, honestly. Yeah. We do mornings when the sun comes out sooner. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the seasonal affective disorder dissipates.
1: Alright. This is this is gonna be bad.
0: Like disease wise or murdery or both? Murdery wise.
1: Okay. So this week we are going to be discussing the boohoom sex murders.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> pass is there an uno reverse <laughs> no. so
1: anything i can do nope you're stuck damn
2: okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: no <laughs> sorry get prepared i'm gonna ruin your morning and the okay. rest of your day can't wait for some sex murders in the morning
2: mm-hmm.
1: information was pulled from the following sources a 2017 Listverse article by lee drake 2011, All Thesis and Dissertations by Amber Marie Aragon Yoshida in 1881. Oh, I don't think I translated this. Did I translate this? I, I don't think I translated this. So I'm just going to ro- <laughs> roll with it. In 1881 Holmanner Volksblatt newspaper article. And links to all these articles will be included in the show notes. Great. Got something you want to say? Shoot us an email over at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your story ideas, see any gifts you send our way, or if you just want to say hello. We're pretty friendly. Speaking of friendly, if you'd like to have real time conversations with us, consider joining our Discord over at the Cultivate Network. You can chat with us over at the Old Crimers Cubby or catch up with any of the other great creators that are part of the Cultivate family of podcasts. Just click the link in our show notes or over on our link tree to get started today. As you probably gathered by the subject matter, we are going to be discussing acts of physical and sexual violence against women. If this material is triggering for you, please use discretion or skip this one if needed. Do whatever you need to to take care of yourself.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Also, as you probably gathered by the fact that there's only three sources, I had a hard time finding information for this topic. Because a lot of the source material was in German, and I don't speak or read that language.
0: Well, and I wonder, too, if they were trying to, like, not report on it that much since it was sexual violence. Maybe. Because really, how common was it to report sexual violence like that? Aside from, like,
1: Jack the Ripper, and that was only because he was killing sex workers. Mm Mm-hmm. So the bulk of my material is coming from a dissertation by Amber Marie Aragon Yoshida titled Lust Morde and Loving the Other, a History of Sexual Murder in Modern Germany and Austria, 1873
2: to 1932.
1: Okay. A precursor to the events we'll be discussing took place in the small town of Eniger, which today is a subdivision of Enigerlo in North Rhine, Westphalia, Germany. Okay. On the evening of April 22nd, 1873, between 7 and 8 p.m., Elizabeth Schuta left her father's home in Pooling and set off to her sister's in Enneger. Elizabeth had left her widowed father for the evening so she could help her sister with work the next day. Okay. So she she was going to do like farming chores at her sister's house the next day. Yeah. So she was just going to kind of help her. I'm not sure if they worked in the fields or whatever, but she was just going to help her sister.
0: Okay. It's a, like, super common
1: thing to do. She took the footpath she always took from Forhelm to Eniger, but she never arrived.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Five to ten minutes into her trip, Elizabeth was brutally raped and murdered. Her body left in the small Brook until it was discovered the next evening around 11 p.m. By the time she had been discovered, a crowd had gathered, witnessing the gruesome scene. Elizabeth had not only sustained several stab wounds all over her body, as well as a slashed throat, but her dress had been slit and tied above her head as well. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: She was 32 at the time of her murder. Mm -hmm. Following her death, a shrine of the Virgin Mary was built by her family that stands to this day near the site of her slaying. The inscription on the front of it comes from 2 Timothy 4, verses 7-8. through Quote, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. End quote.
2: Hmm.
1: The back of the shrine reads: quote, To the memory of the Sodalin Elizabeth Schüte, born on the tenth of May, eighteen forty-one, on this spot brutally murdered in the fight for her virtue on the twenty-second of April, eighteen seventy-three. Many members of the Titanic community gathered at her funeral on April twenty ninth, eighteen seventy three. Just eight days after she was killed, the sermon led by priest Nunn addressed how desperately Elizabeth fought against her attacker to protect her virtue, and asked how God could allow such a crime to happen.
2: Hmm.
1: A common thread you're going to see in this is that everyone reported that these women were virtuous. Okay. Which is like totally the opposite of what a lot of newspapers report regarding women of the lower class being Mm -hmm. murdered. Yeah. So that's like one silver lining to all of this is that. They're like, these were good women that didn't
0: deserve this versus this woman had this outfit on.
1: Therefore, she was asking Mm -hmm. for it kind of a thing. Yeah. She walked out asking to be murdered. Yeah. Yeah. There was zero victim blaming in this, which is great, considering the time period. Yeah. The only evidence of who was responsible was the assumption that the perpetrator would have scratches on their face and hands as a result of Elizabeth's fight for survival. The man who murdered her was never found, and the leaders of the community refused to even entertain the idea that someone from N Eager from their own town could have committed the crime.
0: I get that, but that's a that's an injustice.
1: Mm-hmm. An unfortunate side effect of this death devolved into one of our favorite things, anti-Semitism. Great. Great. Oh. Mm-hmm. Awesome. With no suspect to be found, the community set their sights on Hers Spiegel, a 33-year-old Jewish businessman. Although the authorities didn't have any evidence to put Hers on trial. Within the span of 20 years, the members of N'Igr violently pushed all of the Jewish people out of their village, with many of them relocating to the neighboring Allen. Jeez. So it sounds like the
0: tension has always kind of been there, the anti-Semitism tension.
1: Mm-hmm. Great. Fast forward five years to the town of Buhum a growing industrial community that would be the site of eight grisly murders and several attempted murders over the course of four years.
0: That's crazy. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And was the town big? I'm assuming not very.
1: Not very big at this point in time. Yeah, so two murders a year Mm -hmm. is a lot. Yeah. On December 22nd, 1878, a young girl from Kürtschärben, reported to the police that a man had attempted to strangle her with a leather strap, but she had been able to slip one of her arms between the strap and her throat, allowing her to scream loudly for help, causing the man to flee. A few days after this, a young girl from Harpen was sexually assaulted, but not murdered. The first victim, 18-year-old Josefina Kost, from Grume, was found on December 30th, 1878, on an embankment on the road to Buhum. She had been strangled with a leather belt, and the newspaper that reported on the murder, the Merkische Spreker, was unclear if she had been sexually assaulted, although they implied heavily that it was likely the case.
0: Yeah. So it was like he was, he was testing to make sure he could still do it before he... Mm-hmm reinstated his
1: yeah it appeared to all that this was not the case of a robbery as all of Josefina's possessions which had been broken were strewn about the ground where she was discovered Hmm. within the span of 14 days around the time that Josefina's body was discovered three other unsuccessful sexual assaults had been reported
0: that's crazy
1: so there was that many and they still couldn't find him The next death wasn't discovered until almost seven months later, on July 5th, 1879, when the body of 14-year-old Elizabeth Riemann Schneider was discovered. Hailing from Kavirenberg, Elizabeth had been strangled with her own towel and was discovered in a bush near the pasture where she herded cattle. Elizabeth had headed out to the field around 7.30 that morning, and by the time she was discovered at 10 a.m., her body was described as, quote, already cold, end quote. Mm. Just a month later, on August 5th, 1879, Lisette Schulken, a servant who was employed by the Bergmann family in Giesenberg, had gone out mid-morning to bundle rye. She was reported missing by another maidservant when she didn't return that afternoon. Mr. Bergman and his son led the search and were the ones to make the gruesome discovery. Her employer shared that she was, quote, a brave, well-behaved child, end quote, who was a hard worker, and he expressed hope that, quote, the monster in human form, end quote, who committed the deed would be caught and brought to justice. Mm-hmm. At this time, three suspects had been arrested and cast drop in connection with the crimes. None of the suspects were prosecuted. Of course not. So I don't know if it was a matter of there was just not enough evidence yeah, to link them to it or what the case was. It didn't really... I couldn't find more information on it. Just that three people mm-hmm. had been arrested and nothing came of it.
0: It would probably be really difficult.
1: Like you... I mean... Think of how
0: difficult it is now with all mm-hmm. of the tools we have to pin you to a crime. Then back then, we, I mean, if you didn't see it.
1: Yeah. If the victim was the only one who saw the person who murdered them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how how would anybody know? Yeah. The murder stopped for almost a year before the afternoon of July 30th, 1880, when the body of 19-year-old Wilhelmina Pott from Eichel, was discovered in a small wooden area in Hernemark, According to the Merkische Sprecher newspaper, the way in which her body was positioned suggested that, quote, the child died without a doubt under the murderous hand of a brutish lecher. Her half-uncovered body lay lifeless on the ground, with the fatal cord tied tight around her throat, and again no trace of the murderer. It appears that the murderer first strangled his victim in the field and then dragged her into the bush and here finished his horrifying work. End quote. Yeah. Wilhelmina was described as a quote, brave blooming girl end quote, who worked for farmer Koppenberg in Herne. The day she was murdered, she had been sent into the field to bring two of the reapers some coffee before helping them bundle the rye. It was only after she didn't return that the farmer and his son went out to look for her and found her near the field in which she was supposed to be working. So that leads me to believe that she was able to connect with the Reapers Mm -hmm. before either heading back to the farm or something, and that's when she was accosted. I didn't read anything suggesting otherwise.
2: Okay.
1: The mayor, Kisha Spraker also had this to say about the murderer. Quote, whether the police will succeed in exposing the criminal after our previous experiences, we dare not give a judgment, but we are convinced that everything will happen to make this possible. Should the despicable murderer see these lines, may he consider that he will no longer find peace and quiet here in this world. Wherever he turns, the shadow of the murdered child will pursue hard on his heels, whose eyes were even put out, and someday she will accuse him before the judgment seat of the Almighty God. End quote. The murders didn't always follow the same MO, going from strangulation to violation and also mutilation. Mm-hmm. The local community was horrified by the barbarity of the crimes, which drew the attention of officials in Berlin. Chief Police Detective Leopold von Meerscheid hulesen was sent to Buhum to take over as the lead investigator after the fourth murder.
0: Yeah, but they were like, we need to get somebody from a city that's more familiar with these kind of crimes.
1: Yeah, almost all of the victims had similar characteristics. They were members of the lower classes, but despite their social status, they were all well-respected girls or single women who lived in the area. Mm-hmm. Each of them had been attacked during the midst of some daily activity, such as walking on a footpath, or walking to or from church, or working in a field. So just walking around.
0: It makes me think that they were probably stalked, briefly, if they were being attacked on their day-to-day routine, because it would be easy to follow somebody on their normal path. And... It would be easy to kind of jump somebody who who does the same thing mm-hmm.
1: every time. Yeah, because it's not like if you're just using muscle memory to go like from home to church or from church to home,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're not going to be looking over your shoulder like no, taking in your surroundings. You're just doing what Getting you do
0: there. every day. Yep,
1: A to B. In the last week of October 1880, Emma Toonshoff, an unmarried woman from Hadul, had been en route to Buhum via Dahlhauser Bush when she was attacked by a man in his thirties who tried to strangle her with a string while also threatening her with a knife. The assault was stopped when a miner came upon the pair and the man ran away. So miner is in somebody who works in a mine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So she actually like saw him enough to be able to describe him a little bit. I think he
1: got her from behind, so she wasn't able to see him.
0: Right, but when she said he was in his 30s, she was able to kind of. I think it's, he
1: ran away. Her she best. was able. Yeah. yeah. She was able to kind of give him a once over, but nothing discernible. Mm. When the fifth victim, a midwife named Mrs. Becker, was found mutilated in a deserted holloway in the fade mark from Alton Bohum on November 1st, 1880 the authorities and reporters began to refer to the series of murders as Lustmorda or the Lust Murders. Unlike the M.O. regarding the previous slayings, midwife Becker had been lured away from her home on Wittener Straße 100 early in the morning under the pretense that he needed her assistance with a childbirth.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, that would have been really easy to get her alone
1: if, Mm -hmm. if you said that my wife is having a baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Mrs. Becker had been discovered by a Polish worker on a secluded path between the village and the Prinz von Prisen mine. He had been escorting some of his female relatives, likely in an effort to keep them safe, before he ran to notify the authorities in Altenbuchum. Mrs. Becker had sustained gashes to her face and throat, and the artery of her right hand had been cut through. She'd also been strangled to death. So she fought. Yeah, she had defensive wounds for sure. Mm-hmm. On November sixth, eighteen eighty, a large notice was placed in the Mierkische Spreker by the city police and Mayor Bullman, offering a large reward of five hundred marks, or around twenty-nine thousand four hundred marks, or fifteen thousand euros today, for the discovery of the murderer. The police expressed that they hoped the communities in which they lived could once again be brought to a state of peace upon the arrest of the killer and implored the public to think of their female friends and family if they had any information that would help lead to an arrest. Yeah,
0: it's nice that they were taking it seriously because if you, if you look in history and even now, when it's crimes that are specific against women or people of the lower class or minorities in general, it generally isn't reported as significantly as this is uh-huh.
1: it came out several days later that the perpetrator of mrs becker's murder had come to her home early the morning of her death and had been let in by her nine-year-old daughter
2: mm.
1: mrs becker then left her home at six thirty a.m under the guise that she was to assist in a birth the pair were seen heading in the direction of the prince von Prisen mine by a couple of women but the man's face was hidden under an umbrella. It's estimated that Mrs. Becker had died around 7 a.m. when the man likely slipped away with whatever tools he used to kill her.
0: I feel so bad for that daughter. But how would she know? She wouldn't. You know what I mean? She's just nine. And
1: I bet people did that all the time. Come to their house. Yep. Just be like, hey, we need help. Mm -hmm. We're having a baby. Yep. At this time, capital punishment wasn't really used in Prussia, and even then, only in the case of murder trials. During the height of the Lust murders, Prussian officials from the Ministry of Justice implored Kaiser Wilhelm I of the necessity of capital punishment in this case, in particular, Mm -hmm. based on public opinion regarding the murderer. The Kaiser reluctantly agreed.
0: Well, it's still technically a murder, but I get Mm -hmm. because it's a mix of like, Assaults and attempts and sexual violence, how they'd be
1: like, mm, but he didn't murder all the time. Yeah. And it was typically they wouldn't cave to public opinion
2: mm-hmm. when
1: it came to capital punishment, but because these crimes were so heinous and people were so understandably upset by what was mm-hmm. happening to these women, they were like, we need to make sure that when we catch this guy, he is not allowed to live. Like, he is yeah. not allowed to have a prison sentence. He needs to be put to death.
0: Because these are young young women that are, you know, ready to start their lives, and
3: mm-hmm. they're working
0: hard. And, yeah. I mean, regardless, don't murder women, please. Thanks. Yeah. But, like, I think, I think
1: because some of the victims were 14, 18, 19, mm-hmm. it struck a different chord. Yeah, I can't remember... And I don't even know if I was able to find out how old Mrs. Becker was. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, she was a young mom. Yeah. If if she had a daughter that was nine, I mean, she could be... She could be in her early Mm thirties. She could be in her mid-thirties, early Mm forties. The hunt for the murderer came to a fever pitch on April 14th, 1881, when 43-year-old broom maker Wilhelm Schiff was arrested in Essen for the murder of Elizabeth Riemann Schneider, who was murdered on July 5th, 1879. Another man was also brought into custody, believed to be Wilhelm's mm-hmm. accomplice. At this point, news about the sex murders had spread so far that information about Wilhelm's capture had even reached the United States. Dang. In the May 13th, 1881 edition of the Hermanner Volksblatt in Hermann, Missouri, it stated in part quote, The broom maker Wilhelm Schiff from Weitmar was already guilty of attempting a similar crime in 1874 by dragging a young girl from a field into a nearby bush and wanting to rape and strangle her there. Interesting. Luckily, he was prevented from carrying out his plan in full by an additional resident of Weitmar. The both scoundrels committed their grisly crimes together. And that one took turns attacking the victim while the other stood guard. End quote.
0: That would make sense why they would get away with it and why the MOs would be different too,
1: if it's two different men. Mm-hmm. Like who's carrying it out and who's Standing Watch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wilhelm had previously been convicted of sex related crimes, serving three years in Boohoom's local prison.
0: Kinda sounds like our guy.
1: Mm-hmm. At the trial in October 1881 in Essen, Wilhelm was convicted of committing three of the five murders, that of Riemann Schneider, Lisette Schulken, and Wilhelmina Pott. He was found guilty and beheaded on January 11, 1882, allowing the citizens of Buhum and the surrounding area to breathe a collective sigh of relief. That was until the murders continued after his execution. Yeah. The last three victims had been attacked and killed on their way to or from church, leading many to question if the authorities had actually tried and executed the wrong man. Or just, there's a copycat now. Mm-hmm. Or I they, I didn't hear anything about the accomplice. So yeah. So maybe it was the accomplice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like it would be really easy to do copycat murders, though, mm-hmm. at that
1: time. When the idea that a second perpetrator could be out there, the public was understandably horrified that two monsters with the same sort of bloodlust could exist in their small rural communities. 11-year-old Christine Hamelman was slain on her way home from a church fair in an attack that described her as being, quote, Torn limb from limb in a horrible way. Yeah, this sounds like a different guy. On Easter Monday, 1882, 16 year old Frederica Osterman did not return home after attending church. A farmer's maidservant, she was found strangled that same afternoon in the Schulte Nulenschun forest in Hernemark, between Hern and Hiltrop. She had been murdered around seven thirty that morning, likely never even making it to service. So she was just killed. There's no mm-hmm. real Okay. Yeah, so she had headed out to church and never came home, so it's mm-hmm. likely she was murdered on the way there. Yeah. Sunday, may twenty first, eighteen eighty two, Elizabeth Gantenberg became the eighth and final victim of the attacks. A maidservant from Dahlhausen, she worked in Hofkenscheid and was attacked while heading to church in Buhum. Her mother and her employer noted her absence, and when her collar and a piece of her shirt were discovered, the authorities quickly started searching the nearby fields for her body. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Elizabeth wouldn't be found until the next Friday, her hands tied behind her back, located near where midwife Becker had been dumped.
0: That sounds like a copycat to me, like somebody who's fantasizing about doing the same thing.
1: Mm -hmm. As you can imagine, the people living in these communities continued to have much to fear during these dark four years. All of the attacks happened in broad daylight, Mm -hmm. with two of them taking place on Sunday mornings prior to church services. The killer attacked innocent women and young girls while they walked alone, with the exception of midwife Becker. Many women, understandably, feared going out during the day alone, with the majority choosing to travel only in the company of men to ensure their safety whenever traveling outside their home.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would. hmm And although the bulk of the victims were servants, none of them were put down in any fashion as being quote-unquote deserving of what happened to them. In fact, all of the victims were memorialized with the highest of respect. Good. As it should always be. Mm-hmm. On June seventeenth, 1882, just two months after the death of Frederica, large signs announced that the reward for any information on the murderer of Frederica and Elizabeth had increased to 10,000 marks, or around 59,000 marks today, or 30,000 euro. I was just going to say, that's a lot of money. hmm Additionally, a Hanover man named Father Rodwald sold a publication about the last two Buhum murders for 10 fennis, or essentially the German equivalent of 10 cents or 10 pennies. Okay. I couldn't find a conversion. That's true For inflation. Under the headline, quote, Two new murders in the Buhum area committed in April 10th of this year on the 16-year-old servant girl Osterman from Hiltrop, and in May 21 of this year on the servant girl Gantenberg from Dahlhausen end quote so that was like the title of the book
2: mm-hmm.
1: the publication detailed the deaths of the women and noted that in the case of Elizabeth quote instead of a hemp cord only a knife was used this time as the people from the area reported her head had been wholly separated from her body Traces of other disgraceful crimes were visible. End quote.
0: That requires so much effort. Mm-hmm. Like this person is angry. hmm Like
1: it is not easy to do that to mm-hmm. a body. Terrific. A folk song was included in the publication entitled Lead Zorgeshikte or Song of the Story. <laughs> roughly translated using Google, because again I do not speak German
2: mm-hmm.
1: This is what it says and this is kinda long. Quote Humanity in Westphalia complains in horror whether new crimes had been committed. Dishonored, murdered, torn to pieces by the murderous hand of a libertine. On the way to the church the victim was dragged into the bushes, a damsel tender, the heart grows hoary, hardly matured into a virgin. Now up, ye dead, to judgment. God may delay patiently, but believe the avenger does not slumber, and the guilt never goes unpunished. Hell itself brings him to his fall, it incites him from deed to deed, and even if he succeeds in escaping, it drives him on murder to murder. But then the cry of revenge sounds from the heights of heaven to the high court, and from the graves sounds of woe, as if the heart breaks in fear. Then the abyss opens wide. Like the cry of ghosts, the hour is approaching. Now, murderer, stop your course. The punishment follows the misdeed. Be banished from mankind. The beast still stands high above you. Has been recognized its own kind. So be cursed there and here. Destroy your bold brain, which only devised lust and murder. Down with your bold brow. Be done to you now as you did up, up to the high court. Why does the murderer's foot still hesitate? We light the candle of death, hell adorns itself to greet you. Now bend down and take courage. The axe flashes, the crowd is terrified. A flash of lightning, a blow, the blood spurts high, we are avenged. Cheers to master krauts. Now fly away from town to town, from village to village, from house to house, you paper talking of misdeeds and arouse disgust, shame, and horror. Also follow the trail of the murderers who hide themselves like this, still undiscovered, but only until the court thunderously awakens them. Draw sacrifices with her, near and far. Show your wounds, lament, and beget the young maiden near Hildesheim, whose parents' hearts bowed when they died. And many other murders are of the same kind, still undiscovered, Take away the spirit of the young child with you, so that your murderer is afraid of you. Pursue the murderer pursues, never grants them rest, nor rest, until, like this unnatural act, the executioner's avenging arm seizes them. Show your torment, show your wounds, you victims and you, murderers, look. Until she discovers, until she finds, keep Master Kraut's axe sharp. End quote. Again, that was roughly translated from Google. It yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense, but sorry.
0: No, it's a pretty intense folk song of the mm-hmm. time.
1: The full list of the victims are as follows. Josefina Coast died December 30th, 1878. Elizabeth Riemen Schneider died July 5th, 1879. Lisette Schulken died August 5th, 1879. Wilhelmina Pot died July 30th, 1880. The midwife Becker died November 1st, 1880. Christine Hamelmann, it said died between April 1881 and January 1882. Okay. But I don't think that's right. Friederike Ostermann died April 10th, 1882. And Elizabeth Gantenberg died May 21st, 1882. To this day, the true murderer slash murderers have never been caught, and the cases have never been solved. So sad. One lasting legacy of this spate of crimes is the psychiatric genesis of a criminal driven by lust and rage, proposed by Viennese forensic psychiatrist Richard von Kraft Ebig in 1886. In essence, the diagnosis is that of a psychopath driven by murderous intent with the sexual perversion. This new classification of the criminal mind would soon become known the world over just a few years later in eighteen eighty eight following the Whitechapel murders. Oh. But for the people in this corner of Westphalia, the title wasn't necessary, as the killer mm-hmm. was simply known as a monster. And that's the story of the Boohoo sex murders. Sad. It was very sad. But obviously, since I could not find pretty much anything about it other than that dissertation, I thought it was important to talk about it. Yeah. If you're interested in ad-free content, consider supporting us with a one-time donation either over on Buy Me A Coffee or our Venmo page, both of which are in our link tree and in the show notes. If you'd like early ad-free content, not to mention some bonus material, Become a member of our Patreon
3: today for as low as a dollar a month. There's a difference between having and exercising rights and having and exercising power. Welcome to season two of The Story of Woman, the podcast that explores what living in a man's world means for the rest of us. I'm your host, Anna Steckline. This season, we explore change and how women make it happen. I'll be speaking with women who are leading the charge at the top of their industries, including a first-time exclusive double interview with former Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton and barrister, entrepreneur, and business leader, Cherie Blair. It's a mixed story, and we can't ever deny the progress because we have to keep building on it, we have to keep lifting it up, we have to make sure that people know it's possible, but we have to go at that with our eyes wide open people literally say women aren't good with money and I don't know who they think
0: has been managing their household (laughs) finances for you know I mean literally hundreds of years
3: (laughs) you'll also hear from Afghanistan's youngest ever female mayor women who have started global mass movements been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize launched multi-million dollar companies brought home gold at the Olympics and are saving the planet Through it all, we'll hear about their own journeys driving change. We'll explore how far womankind has come and what lies ahead. And we'll discuss practical ways to join in and continue passing the torch. Because when it comes to change, it's not just the accomplishment itself that matters, but also the light you shine behind you that continues the progress on. And we could use a few more lights in this moment. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And I'll see you there. What's the problem with women's arms? (laughs) It's the first step on the road to perdition. (laughs) You know, those poor men, they can't control themselves if they see an arm. Mm -hmm. I mean, God
1: forbid. This week's podcast plug is the Story of Woman podcast by our friend Anna. Featuring interviews with those who explore our world through the female gaze, the Story of Woman podcast looks at everything from the economy, healthcare, gender roles, and more. Each episode dives deep into where we are, how we got here, and what still needs to be changed in order to finally rewrite the story of mankind to become the story of humankind. To us, woman means all those who presently identify as such, regardless of which body they were born with. This includes other marginalized genders, such as those who identify as non-binary, gender fluid, or anywhere else on the spectrum of gender. And we will have a link to their show in the show notes. And this week's listener question comes from our listener, Carrie Ann. Hi, Carrie Ann. And she wants to know, would you rather be the person who flips the switch during executions or be the judge who decides who should be executed?
0: Judge that decides. I've been interested in law for a long time and actually contemplated being a lawyer. I just didn't know if I was going to. I was exactly smart enough for it, you know, but since that was one of my like potential
1: career paths, I think
0: I would be a judge.
1: Yeah. I don't think I would be able to flip the switch and be the person that actually took the life of another human being. All right. Now this was super depressing. What is something good you'd like to share to like cleanse our palates?
0: Light in the mood. Yeah. So I was traveling last week for work, and when I got back, my fiancé was able to pick me up from the airport, and we stopped at this really, really cute nursery, which I don't know. A nursery is probably a different label, like a greenhouse mm-hmm. kind of place, and we found these this very small raspberry bush that is – specifically made to survive in urban environments nice so we're gonna try to grow some raspberries and we got some some other seeds we're gonna start propagating probably today but nice i'm really excited to start my garden because next week allegedly is the last frost in minnesota whether or not that's true will remain to be seen but that is what they predicted
1: So Nice. What about you? What's one good thing? Over the last week, I have gotten two books with subject matter that is relevant to our podcast. Mm
2: -hmm. And I'm
1: hoping that after I finish reading them, we can reach out to the authors to potentially have them on the show. Mm -hmm. One of the authors had reached out in response to our Flag Village episode. Oh, nice. And the book they wrote is about that, and like three women who endured it. Oof. I think I'm going to read that one first, and see if that's something where, after I finish it, if they'd be interested in coming on the show and talking about it. Yeah. And the other book is about like a breakdown of what it means to pass away, and like the the science and stuff. Oh. About behind death, and I think it'll be really good. Yeah. So that's my something good. Two more books to add to my. Your list of fun reading. A collection of a million and one books that I hopefully someday will get to before I die. (laughs) It's a good goal. Good goal. Yep. All right. Let's shut it down. Looking for more content? You can find us online at yieldcrimepodcast.com. If you'd like to see pictures from this week's episode, not to mention bonus content and funny memes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Yield Crime Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Yield Crime Podcast. On TikTok, of course you are. Follow us at Yield Crime Podcast. A great way to support the show if you want to help us out but can't do so financially is to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Good Pods, Podcast Addict, or others. This week's review comes from Pod Chaser, again, from our friend, Carrie Ann. Nice. And she says, five stars, lovely ladies, great info, and feels like you're talking to them over a big cup of coffee. Hmm.
0: That's what we're doing right now. Thanks. It is. We're literally <laughs> drinking coffee right now. <laughs> <We are. laughs>
1: Thank you, Carrie Ann.
0: Thank you, Carrie Ann.
1: If you want a playlist of all our episodes on YouTube, Click the link in our show notes or in our link tree and subscribe today for not only a list of our full catalog, but a separate list as well, just of our Can You Crack the Cramp Word segments. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.